you want to set the prices for your subscribers. The more subscribers, the more followers, the more revenue you make, the more ads Twitch can stream. A successful streamer can earn anywhere between 3000 to 5000 a month, given that they are consistent with their streaming. Welcome back for another episode of the Post Money Plan Podcast. My name is Dallas Post, and I am your host. As you know, I believe empowerment comes through knowledge, so my purpose here is to inform, educate, and stimulate thought within personal finance, economics, and investing. You can find me at postmoneyplan.com or search The Post Money Plan in the iTunes podcast app or in Google Play. The whole idea behind my show is to educate people on different personal finance topics and economics and investing and all that stuff. And different things that have to do with income, I tie that in because I, I see it as a part of the personal finance side of the equation ways that people can earn some extra money or different career options and things like that. So I just think it's kind of interesting now with pro gaming, how that's becoming an option out there for people to consider and see where that can take them. So I wanted to bring you on and see what you had to say about it since you uh, have some gaming experience and know a little bit about the industry and all that kind of stuff. So just for the audience, could you give a little background on your connection to the gaming industry and just like gaming in general? All right. Well, I am what you call a lifelong casual gamer. Uh, (laughs) I've been gaming since Nintendo, basically. And although I do play competitive here and there, gaming is just generally a form of relaxation, something I do for fun. So like I said, the reason I wanted to get into this is because the rise of online gaming in combination with streaming has actually started to make gaming not just a hobby, like it has been in the past, playing games for fun, but now is actually an income source for many people. So today I am interviewing Ken about the income potential of professional gaming. So why don't we just go ahead and start there in terms of how much could someone earn from gaming? Like, is it even worth considering what the potential is there? Like, what might be the average for a pro gamer to make? I would assume it's all over the place, but what are the revenue stream potentials? Where is the money coming from? Could you right. give us a sense there? All right. Well, programming, in a sense, I'd say goes in two different directions. There's major league gaming, which is competitive tournament play, which is sponsored by esports and requires teams and travel and all that. Whereas there's the most popular version, streaming, which is done by Twitch and YouTube which can be done in the comfort of your own home. And you can play games, require followers, and build up a following that just pays your income. And in terms of both, I would say they're not independent. They can be if they need to be, or if the person desires them to be. The Twitch streaming version, basically gamers become an affiliate with Twitch, which helps lower their costs for the streaming service. And they have to stream consistently at least, I think, seven days within a 30-day period they have to have streamed. And uh, they have to make sure that they abide by Twitch's affiliate rules. And it allows them to charge people for subscribers on their channel from $1 to $5 to how many ever you want to set the prices for your subscribers. The more subscribers, the more followers, the more revenue you make, the more ads Twitch can stream. A successful streamer can earn anywhere between 3000 to 5000 a month, given that they are consistent with their streaming. 
Now, is that like a lot of people or is that only the top three people kind of thing? I wouldn't say it's top three. I would just say it's popular channels of, say, 3,000 followers or more. Okay. Yeah, so that's kind of just a base area to start. Usually the top earners often make more, but that's because they also dip into the side of Major League Gaming, which is also a big part of streaming. Uh, the Major League Gaming aspect is basically competitive at its finest. People find games that you can compete in, they have rankings, they're deeper layered, they're studied, they require teamwork, they require strategy, they require practice. But with these methods, you can work your way up top, make yourself better, and enter tournaments. And tournaments are the more riskier endeavor, where cash prizes can range anywhere from 10000 to 100000 but cash prizes only go to the winner. Every rank below has a subsequential decrease in prize money. So you'll find a lot of major league streamers entering tournaments, but also streaming on the side. A lot of streamers just streaming and occasionally entering tournaments to see if they can get to the top there. So it kind of goes hand in hand. There's probably also a big variety between how much money there is depending on how popular the game is, right? Because some obscure game isn't going to have nearly as much money going to it as, what, like Dota or StarCraft or something, right? Yeah, it's definitely true. The gaming industry is all about the popularity of the game. There are a lot of games where are fantastic, even though created, aren't played because they're not as popular or they have issues with them. Whereas competitive games that require teamwork or, you know, competitive games that require study still strain in the popularity polls, such as fighting games like Street Fighter and Mortal Kombat, or, you know, co-op games like Dota or Overwatch, where you require a team and practicing and learning each other's methods in order to work harder into reaching your goals. And although people do make money streaming the new game that came out that week or the new game that came out that month, when it comes down to it, you always end up returning to what's popular, what people want to stream. It's all about pleasing the fans at the end of the day. Sure. I mean, like, that's probably not that different than normal sports. But mm -hmm. here's what I'm thinking. When it comes to different sports, the amount of money that professionals, the players, make, the revenue streams can vary depending on the sport. For example, to my knowledge, in soccer, higher wages are earned as salaries versus golf, a lot of the money is earned from sponsorships. You know, so depending on the sport, where the money is coming from. So with mm -hmm. gaming, do you know, is more money coming from tournament winnings for good professionals, or is it coming from sponsorships, or is it coming from streaming? Oh, well, this is actually true for tournament winners and streaming. Most of the revenue comes from sponsorships. If you got enough streams, sponsors want to sponsor you so people can see their, their goods. And in most tournaments, a lot of the tournament funding and winnings is actually given by sponsorships. So, you know, they have highlights on their streams. Even uh, gamer jerseys are sponsored, much like uh, NASCAR yeah, yeah. vehicles. And for the most part, most of the revenue comes from sponsorships simply because the funding for Major League Gaming and Twitch streaming, the majority of it comes from sponsorships. It's a very sponsorship-heavy business because streaming and gaming in general is a peripheral-heavy business. 
There's always a better keyboard. There's always a better monitor. There's always a better gaming chair, a better controller, better TV. There's always something that increases your gaming experience. So there's always sponsorship. Okay, so you're saying even just from the streaming side of things, people who have a few thousand followers could be generating three to 5,000 a month from that? Yes. The more you follow, the more you're um, featured on uh, Twitch's affiliate program. Basically, the way Twitch works is they browse games by genre, and when they pop up streams, they pop up streams with the most followers at the time. The higher follower account you go, the higher you come to the top of the tier for people following that specific game. Got it. And then I assume that it would be a bigger spread, but what about in terms of sponsorship? What kind of numbers are we talking about there? Well, it's a bigger spread for Major League Gaming. The sponsorship money is stronger on that side specifically because you're going out to events and you're making actual social visits and going to tournaments in real life, which means you're traveling by plane or bus or car or however you choose to get there. Whereas the revenue from sponsorship is more actually divided between you and Twitch in the streaming aspect of gaming. Because streaming is uh, it's much easier to set up. And like I said, you can do it from the comfort of your own home. You don't have to even change out your pajamas to do it. It just depends on your personality, what games you're willing to play and how long you have time to play it. So if I want a career in my pajamas, this is the one to go for? <laughs> if you have the dedication for it, and you really want it, yes, I think this is a good avenue for it. <laughs> well, that kind of leads me to my next question, which is, in real terms, how realistic is pro gaming as a career option for someone? Well, that's actually a difficult question to answer, because... Everyone can think, hey, I can play a game for eight hours on stream and make some money because that's the easiest thing gamers think. But there are more levels to that. Not only are you just playing a game that you do usually on Sunday to relax, you have to think consciously about how you're doing and how you improve and how to be better every time you stream. You have to consistently talk and communicate with people so there's no real dead air because you're showing people what you do and how you do it. So they want to see your face or they want to see your reactions to things. They want to get a gist of the person behind the controller. And that requires you to not only put out your best personality, but play good at the same time. Like I said, it's not just any like Sunday best where you can play a game for about 30 minutes, go cook breakfast for like an hour and come back to the game. Basically, one to four hours of back-to-back streaming, maybe even more. It's something you have to focus and dedicate like any other job so for the people who are serious about it it's a good avenue to make money if playing games competitively or in front of people is what you want to do and you're you're focused on dedicating or putting in eight hours like everybody does when they go to work in the morning then i'd say go for it but if you play games casually and just want to make money on the side i think you'd really have to consider your options here and how much it would actually cost you to be a game streamer. The thing that concerns me more than the dedication part of it would be the stability of it as a, an income source in terms of like sports are well established in the sense that like they've been around for many, many decades and there's a, a tried and true process to them. 
so people know what to expect in terms of going into college, playing the sport, and then getting recruited, and then playing professionally, and how long they can play, and how much they might expect to earn, and that kind of stuff. And the game itself stays the same, so the game will always be there, and people will be interested in watching it. But when it comes to esports, the games are constantly changing. You don't have just one game that that's the only one that everyone's looking at. And even if there was one, then it would change potentially five years from now. So what concerns me is there isn't that same stability. So let's say you got really good at Halo, <laughs> you know, like you got really good at Counter-Strike or something, and you were the best at that, and you were making some money from it. But then that game loses popularity and then other games come along and you stop being able to make money from Counter-Strike. Yeah, isn't that a risk there? I mean, that's definitely a risk. In terms of esports, uh, one big thing that I would say difference from real sports is most esport games, League of Legends, Counter-Strike, Overwatch, usually only have one championship tournament throughout the year. Whereas, you know, football... You can go to the Super Bowl one year, or you might not end up going to the Rose Bowl. Or, you know, you consistently play throughout the year. It's multiple appearances for you doing your sport, you doing your best, and, you know, avenue for you to show your ability as a player. Whereas um, the games follow with the trends. Yes, games like, say, Overwatch, which came out last year in 2017, came out and it was so popular it made a whole eSport in its own. But in the same sense, has taken the place or the shine of games that essentially did the same thing before it, like Counter-Strike, which was another multiplayer game that was very popular. It's still popular to this day, and it's still streamed and has tournaments around the world, but it's not as strong as the following like it used to. So, you know, it's had a somewhat of a fall-off. That is always a big risk for people who stick to the major league side of gaming. It's also a big risk if, you know, you're a competitive gamer and you spend how many hours, 200 plus, just trying to master one game to show the world you're the best at it. Unfortunately, the way games are, they're ever-changing. And to stay relevant, you kind of have to move with the iterations, stick with the updates. Well, so is there any kind of mitigation to that? Like, so if someone's interested in becoming a professional gamer or earning income as a gamer, how can they work around becoming obsolete? How I'd say this is, in all honesty, it depends on the game that you, you master. Some games like uh, Counter-Strike or Halo are still popular and watched to this day, but their tournaments aren't as strong or, you know, are moved around, like, say, Japan or Shanghai or somewhere. Whereas there are certain games that have just always had a consistent rotation in uh, popularity polls, like fighting games. Fighting games always come in, like, a set of series. There's always a new fighting game of that popular genre that somebody can take and master and make better or learn. And fighting games, in one way, are easier to master because they don't require you learning teamwork but at the same time, harder to master because they're more consistently updated. You have to learn character changes. You have to learn how each character works to the point where you know what your opponent's going to do. Those kind of games tend to have more longevity than, say, team first-person shooters. Quite frankly, our generation 
the late 90s to now have basically swarmed the market with first-person shooters. So they don't survive as long as they should. You're making me skeptical of the long-term prospects because games just come and go so quickly. And when you're talking about a career, you're talking about multiple decades, potentially. So Mm -hmm. to stay relevant. And you know what I've actually heard is that for StarCraft players, actions per minute is really important in terms of your ability to compete. So the faster you are, the better you can potentially be. And apparently, not just based on practice, but also physically, as you get older, your brain reaction time slows down so that the actions per minute that a player games can, can where get. your speed reaction time matters, that as a person gets older, their reaction time slows down. And they people aren't just aware of this conceptually, but they've now been able to measure it in games that the actions per minute or reaction time slows down to the point where it has an impact on how good you can play in a game. And that actually peaks in maybe the late 20s and starts to to fall from there. So almost the same way from the physical side where players peak in their late 20s and then go down from there. But it seems to deteriorate even faster on the mental side, which is kind of surprising because you would think that it would be maybe like the physical would go, but not the mental. Yeah, um, a lot about playing games changes the older you get. The way you approach a video game, as opposed to you, you do when you're a child or when you're much younger, changes as you grow. And that's just something that happens to everybody, the way you approach life, the way you approach work. And a big deteriorator for longevity in games is age. It's also a big deteriorator for longevity in sports. So. I would say uh, your longevity will always be at a pro gaming is something where you have to consistently basically be on your toes, adapting and evolving because eventually you will get slower. But how you compensate for that is a big issue of how you stay relevant. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. So I feel like you've already kind of answered about how difficult it is to become a, a pro gamer and what it takes because it really seems like competition is, is even more fierce at an esports level than it is at a regular sports level because if I want to play a game, I can go online and play with anyone in the world, training and access. Whereas, you know, sports, the, you have to get a team together and you have to play in a league and it's, you can't play all the time. So it just seems like with esports, the access is so much easier that you, and then you're competing with anyone around the world versus just your little local league. So it just seems like much more fierce. Yeah, that's true. The thing about gaming and becoming a pro gamer is there are so many people playing games at any given time during the day that you're never really but a click away from finding somebody to compete against, somebody to play against, somebody to heighten you in your ability. Like, even if you're all, all your friends go to sleep right now, you could always log on to a game and play with people on the other side of the world to play the same game, probably your same level of competency. Whereas sports, there isn't a lot of time for it. Not everybody plays at the same time. Not everybody plays the same way. You have physical limitations. But a lot of that is stipend by the idea of how gaming works. So you can surpass certain limitations 
we were gaming all the way back in like the early 2000s. That was really like we started playing that stuff even before online doing like LAN stuff. But I remember when we first started getting connected online that it was like a whole nother level. You go from just like very casual gaming with your friends to then once you're connected online to the whole like network of players all over the place. It's just a whole nother level of competition and skill level because people are competing with so many other people that then it was that much more intense. Did you experience that the same way that I did? Quite frankly, yeah, in a very similar fashion. Speaking of Halo, actually, Halo was the quite literal origin of most online gaming. For its popularity and for it to actually transfer from going local parties to online, it changed the game entirely for everyone who had played it. Because one big thing was when you played with your friends, you know how your friends played. You were limited by, you know, the cables, the size of your TVs, or how many friends could get together that day. But that all changed when online came on. You were playing people who had played the game, but had never played you. You had never met in person, but you knew you had one thing in common, and that was Halo. So it added a new layer of complexity to a game that was already popular in the genre. All right, that's pretty much all I had. Um, Did you have any other final thoughts? Simply speaking, video gaming is something that was originally designed to just take quarters and be fun. And just going forward, if you want to make it a business aspect, you have to not only treat the video game as a business, but yourself as a business. That is something that many people need to take into account when they want to consider a life in professional gaming. Your time is now money, as always. and Your decisions are now crucial to your survival. Yeah, that definitely makes a lot of sense. And it's crazy how your online presence is so significant in really a lot of professional aspects today, whether it's social media following or things like that, that it uh, commands a following that uh, then you can monetize through streaming or advertising or, or whatever and that definitely applies for gaming uh-huh. becoming a major league gamer or a professional gamer or streamer it definitely means opening access to you to the rest of the world it's not something that you could just do and then go about your nine to five day and not expect anybody to be like where's the stream how come he's not playing the latest game it's something that requires consistency and requires a heavy online presence to maintain. All right. Thanks, Ken, for coming on the show and uh, sharing a little bit about esports and gaming. No problem, Dallas. Anytime. All right. Catch us next time on another episode of the Post Money Plan podcast.